you may be seated in the house today. Happy Sabbath, everybody. Slowing it down a little bit. Happy Sabbath, everybody. God is good and all the time. Is he worthy to be praised this morning? Is he worthy to be glorified this morning? I said, is he worthy to be honored this morning? Oh my, come on, family, God. We ought to act like we serve a risen Savior in this place today. Can we just take about two minutes to just put our hands together and just worship and magnify the name of the living God? Can we just do that for a minute? Can we just worship him with a hand clap of praise this morning? Because he woke you up this morning, started you on your way, put food on your table, clothed you in your right mind. Did he do it for you this morning? Did he do it for you this morning? Oh, we serve an awesome and an amazing God. And I am so excited to be able to worship him on this platform. Again, we want to take a moment and just say welcome to each and every one of you who are viewing with us online. We know, as we always say every week, we know you could be somewhere else, especially in this digital age that we're in. We can click a button and go to France, go to Italy, but we're so blessed and honored that you have chose to click that button and be right here with us, right here at Tabernacle of Praise. So we want to say thank you and we welcome you and we ask that you would just take a moment right now and just go ahead and let your family and friends know that we are alive and well and that we are up and running and that we are about our father's business. So let somebody know that you that we are alive. Go ahead and share that. And to you who are viewing with us, are visiting, or spending this time with us in the physical space, we want to say thank you. We welcome you here. I'm, I'm looking to see, do we have anyone visiting with us for the very first time? Are you a first time visitor with us? Praise God. We thank God for you. Uh, we pray God will do a special blessing, a special work on us today as we spend this time together. Just a couple of announcements. Um, I know we are in a new year, and I know we have some birthdays. Amen? I uh, don't want to overlook the January babies. Come on, somebody. So I just want to take a pause for the call and see if we have anyone celebrating a birthday or an anniversary this month. I see some hands over here in the back. Amen. Anybody celebrating a birthday this week? How about an anniversary this week? Okay, today. Today. My Lord. Now, I, I was about to say something different. Now, you, 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 you jumped in. I was about to put the pressure on Brother Mike and ask him how many months. But that's my friend. <laughs> so 38 years. 38 years. Come on, can we put our hands together for the Reed? Brother and Sister Reed celebrating 38 years. Amen. We celebrate with you. Any, any? We seen a hand. Was, was it an anniversary or was it a birthday? Birthday, anniversary. When's your birthday, sis? In six days. Oh, I am about to say in six days he made the heavens and the earth. And on the seventh, that's where I was going with that. But... <laughs> <laughs> but on the 16th, okay, we'll work with that. And, and your anniversary. On the 16th. Come on now. My usher and my deacon on the door. I was, I, listen, listen. Say what now? Y'all not celebrating together. 
Well, I'm not mad at you, but, but um, I was asked a question, um, Deacon, um, how many months? <laughs> He's doing the math. If you know, it's going to be one that's going to take the challenge, amen? But we praise God. How many years, though, Doc? How many years? Eight years. Eight years. Sister Pruitt, happy birthday. Is it today? When, when is your birthday? The 14th. The 14th. Okay. Come on, let's put our hands together. Let's put our hands together. We celebrate. And, and, and I seen a hand on the keys go up, amen. I didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't hear the keys stop moving, but I did see the hand go up, amen. Brother, 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 just how many, I mean, it's your birthday? Okay, now, okay. What, what, the 20th? The 20th, January the 20th. Brother Charles, did you raise your hand back here? Man, we are anointed in this place today. How, is it a birthday or an anniversary? Birthday. And, and what day? The 23rd. So we have the 14th, we have the 20th, we have the 23rd, we have the 16th. We want to do what we normally do, and we want to sing. We're going to sing happy birthday, amen? Come on now, let's sing. Yes, sir? Your son's birthday. What day is his birthday? The 18th. Where is he at? He's hiding. I see him smiling, though. Is he downstairs? He's downstairs. Okay, because my band over here is smiling like it's his birthday. Like there were some gifts going to be given. He said, I want mine, too. <laughs> amen. But we want to sing happy birthday, amen, as we celebrate. Happy Life. Your brother's here from Nebraska. I seen my brother walking in. So you're from Nebraska. We celebrate you, Doc. God bless you. We praise God for you. We praise God for you. Are you here to take care of your sister? We praise God for you. Praise God for you. God bless you. As always, we just celebrate life. In here, that's why we do these birthday shout-outs and anniversary shout-outs. Cause you know this is a new year, and some didn't make it. Amen. Um, and so we want to just celebrate life in the place today and thank God for you. I'm um, real quick on some Monday. We do have our board meeting. Just want to remind you of that. Our board members, please mark your calendar for that um, special day. At this time, if you can just bow your heads with me as I offer up a word of prayer. Let us pray. Loving Father, our God, our Savior and King, ruler, master of everything, we are so privileged, so honored, so elated at the fact that you have chosen us to be a part of this awesome and glorious day, a day that you have set aside for us to reflect on your goodness and also to give us an opportunity to recharge. We thank you for the Sabbath. We thank you for our birthdays and anniversaries. We thank you for life. And we pray now as we go forward that you will continue to lead and guide Direct us as we go, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to ask.
ask everyone to stand for this praise and worship song because this is that the day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Oh 
approach God's throne, we do have some families that we want to pray for. We want to remember our very own sister Elaine. We want to remember Elder Harris. Sister Teresa. Sister Love. Remember Sister Carol and Love. We don't want to just say these things, but we want to be intentional pray for and over these individuals. We want to remember the baby family. We want to cover them in prayer as well. And I know there are many others that we need to lay before the throne of God. For this good time that we're having down here, we want to one day be able to have this same good time up in the earth. Because we serve a God that has healing in his wings. And he understands the end from the beginning. So as you gather your hearts, as you gather your thoughts, for those that choose to come close to the altar, we do invite you to come down. For those of you who choose to remain in your seats, we ask if you can readily gather your hearts. Father God, 
how she has a weight on her father that none of us, none of us, will be willing to take. But we're so thankful, Father, that you are that God. That you are willing to take it. And not only are you willing, but you've already done it. So we're so excited at the fact that it's already done. Because of who you are. But Father, just in case she didn't get the memo, stop by her home. Stop by her presence right now and just lay your hand on her shoulder. And let her know it is well. That it is okay that you have it under control. And with her sisters as well who are back and have challenges. And Father, all of those that I may have left out and not have mentioned that you know who they are. Those that are online that are having families and health issues and financial issues, those that are here in the physical space, Father, you know what we need. We're asking in the name of Jesus for something dynamic to happen. Not like prayers of old, but, but this is a new season. This is a new year. This is, this is a new anointing. New favor. Do what you do, God. And let us not leave here the same way we came. But let us leave here rejoicing with the newfound love for the things of God. And we would be ever so mindful to give you the praise. You the honor. And you the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Let the people of God say amen. Somewhere to go. That's a high stepper. Somebody with a purpose. 
somewhere to go, an attitude that says, I can and I will. That's what you have to be in this life. But then at the back of the parade, have mercy. You got those plotters, the ones with their heads down. They tired. They can barely make the next step. So not everybody's going to be a high stepper. But the ones who are high steppers have to set goals. Everybody has to set a goal. If you want to reach something, you have to have a goal. And then not only do you need a goal, you have to have plans to reach that goal. Because a goal without plans is just a wish. And how many times have you wished upon a star and nothing happened? How many pennies did you throw in the fountain at the mall and did nothing happen? Because you had a wish. You didn't have a goal. Now, if we want to increase and have a better 2023 than a 2022, you got to set those goals and not just have any kind of goal. You have to have a SMART goal. S-M-A-R-T. Specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-centered. For example, I could say my goal is I'm going to plant something in my garden this year. <laughs> Was that specific? No. Not at all. Wasn't specific. But I could say I'm going to plant green beans this year. It's specific, but it's not measurable. So I'm going to say I'm going to plant a three-by-three three section of green beans this year. Now it's specific and measurable. I'm going to do it by the end of June. Now there's a time aspect of it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plant more green beans than the whole Del Monte company. <laughs> now that's not attainable. Is it? it is attainable, but not in six months. It is attainable, but not in six months. And my green beans are going to be six foot long and two foot around. Well, not realistic, is it? <laughs> but I could very easily say I'm going to plant a three by three section of healthy green beans by the end of June. Now that's a smart goal. We need to do that with our spiritual aspects too. Time. Set a goal to spend more time in the Word. Set a goal to spend more time in church service. Set a goal to spend more time in Sabbath school. Set a time to read the Bible through the whole year. In one year. And you can make those goals smart. We want to set some goals this year to make sure that we take better care of our temples. Because you know your temple's not yours anyway, right? It's God's. And He wants above all things that we prosper and be in health. So we want to set goals for our temple. Our talent. Set a goal that you're going to use your talent in the church this year. We got enough people on the pews. Not just physically, literally. We got enough people sitting on the pews. We want people actively involved in stewardship, actively involved in church service, actively involved in using your talents for God, however and wherever He says to use them. So set a goal to do that. And your treasure, set a goal to increase your tithe and your offering. Set a goal to increase it, to give more. Set a goal to be more consistent, not to be haphazard with it. But to be consistent, everybody can set a goal for something that you're going to improve this year 
much more over last year. Amen. And if you have trouble setting goals, just holler at your boy. I'm pretty good at it. <laughs> I'm pretty good at setting goals. But you know who's better than me? Sister Lakita. She's better at setting plans to reach those goals. So if you need any help setting a spiritual goal of stewardship, just come and ask us. We'll be glad to help you. And anytime you set a goal with God's blessing, you're going to reach it. Now, if some of you were in Sabbath school today, you know that sometimes trials and tribulations come. But let me tell you something else. Resolution is always mean, also means commitment. So the scripture says, commit thy way unto the Lord. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. So you don't have to worry about him getting in the middle of your plans either. So let's set some goals this year that we make this year a much better stewardship year for us Amen. than we did last year. Amen. Amen. Would our gifts come forward to lift our morning tithe and offering? And also remember you can give your tithe and offering on the dollar sign TOP giving app on the cash app. You can also put it into adventistgiving.org, and you can mail it in to 1721 Parker Road, Spanish Lake, Missouri. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you so much for being with us this beautiful and blessed Sabbath morning. We thank you for the praise which has gone up because we know our blessings are going to come down, dear Jesus. We ask and pray that you will bless the tithe and offering, bless everyone who's giving their faithful stewardship in all the different ways of time, talent, temple, and treasure. Blessed to be used for your purpose, dear Lord, of saving souls in this generation. In the blessed name of Jesus, amen and amen.
somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Salvation and glory unto the Lord. Salvation and glory. 
worthy of the praise. He's worthy of the praise. Put a smile on my face. He's worthy of the praise. Honor and power belongs to him. We are truly privileged and honored to be able to worship such a magnificent and mighty and awesome God think enough of us creatures to make us just a little lower <laughs> than the angels. To give, us, to give us the freedom to choose. With all the authority and, and all the power that he has, he's not threatened or intimidated. He said, I'll give you the privilege, I'll give you the opportunity to make a choice. Because I'm so good, I'm so amazing, I'm so awesome. If you would just give me a chance, I know you would choose me. That's how amazing he is. He's not threatened. So we thank God for our musicians. We had a, a debut today, I believe. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> we praise God for the worship experience today if as we just go ahead and get into our word today uh, the message that the Lord has laid on my heart to share with you is found in the book of first Corinthians first Corinthians if you would just allow me a few minutes of your time I'll share this word and get out of your hair but I must share with you that I must be obedient to the spirit of the living God. So we'll leave when he says it's time to leave. Come on, somebody. So I don't know if you left your beans on or your, your something in the oven. This is where prayer comes in. This is where you ask God to cover your house. Keep it safe and intact. So whatever this old brain of mine forgot to turn off or, or is lock up or I'm going to put it in your hands, Jesus, to take care of it because I am going to lock in on the message that you have for me today. So if you have your Bibles with you, if not, we do have it on the screen. If you can just go there with me to the book of 1 Corinthians and let's read that starting with chapter 1. And we'll start with verse 18 and read all the way down to verse 25. And you know how we do it here at the top. If you can stand with me, I'll read the first verse and you come in with the second and we'll go back and forth. We'll trade off that way. How about that? 
The word of God declares in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Verse 19, Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of the age? Has not God made foolish the, the wisdom of this world? Verse 22 says, for Jews request a sign, and Greeks seek after wisdom. Verse 23. Verse 24 says, but to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God, verse 25, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Today, if you don't mind, I just want us to spend a little time on the thought, the wisdom of God is the cross of Christ. Let us pray. Father, again, we are so helpless flawed and useless without you but with you we are more than conquerors and so we've come today father god on your behalf with your guidance with your instructions with your permission and your strength to speak to us through thy word for the word is truth so father have your way today do what you do O oh god that when we leave this space, we will leave here better than we were before we came. Now I must decrease that the word of God may increase into your hands. I commit my spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Let the people of God say amen and amen again. You may be seated. The wisdom of God is the cross of Christ. If anyone actually took note of the words that we've just read, the passage that we've just read, um, the passage really just in a sum of it all speaks to the wisdom of God and the foolishness of man by way of how he uses the cross to confuse everybody. The cross is something that bottles individuals who are struggling with their faith. I need you to follow me and walk with me as we spend this time together because when we speak of the cross of Christ, sometimes it's hard for individuals to wrap their minds around a loving God willing to lay down his life 
for people who could care less about him. Now, the text says that he came into his own and his own received him not. But when you look around the world in which we live, they don't just re not receive him. They can care less about him. It doesn't matter that he has the power and the authority to take me out at any given moment. We use his name in vain. We rob him. That's why the Bible tells us, it said, will a man rob God? I mean, you think about that for a minute. As many of us can relate to bullies. Some of us have been bullies. Some of us may have been bullied. Now, let me ask you a question for those of you that have been bullied. Would you rob the one that is bullying you? Would you step to the one that is bullying you and take their lunch money? I know I went back a few years because some of us been out of school for a couple of weeks now. I'm being nice. But some of us been out of school for a little over a week or two. And we can still relate, though, those moments when we were either bullied and if you were like me, we're bullies. Now, I'm not going to go down that road because I've been on both sides of the fence. But I just want us to wrap our minds around the idea that God loved us so much that he would use something so simple to confound the minds of the wise. Now, when I say simple, because let's be real, nothing about the cross is simple. Nothing about what Jesus did on our behalf is simple. Nothing about a man being brutally beaten is simple. But yet to God, this was nothing compared to what would have happened to us had it been you or I walking down that street. Had it been you or I being laid across on a cross. Had it been you or I with our arms stretched out. Had it been you or I receiving nails in our hand. Because the reality is we have no power to save anyone. Not even ourselves. And so we have to understand, family of God, that we are living in a day when the message of the church is changing drastically. Churches and even the whole denominations are moving away from the message of, the, of old. We have left the old message in the dust. The blood of Jesus has no meaning, we say. The purpose of the cross has no meaning, what we say. But the reality is, is that the old bloody message of the cross is quickly being replaced by a bloodless message that lacks power and lacks hope. Instead of hearing the devastation of the life-changing news that men are sinners and that we need a savior, people hear the message that tells them that the wisdom of God which is the cross of Christ. This message that God has laid before us this day is to simply remind us that all you need is Jesus. 
that the message of hope is found in Jesus, that the message of deliverance is found in Jesus, the message of freedom is found in none other than Jesus. And so Paul took time out as we look at 1 Corinthians, and Paul wrote to the church in Corinth to remind them that he had been, first of all, called for one purpose and one purpose only, and that was to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why many of us have, now let me take that back, that's why all of us who are born Christians, blood-bought, water-baptized, that's our purpose, that's our aim, and that's our motto, Jesus crucified. And if that's not what your heart pumps, if that's not what your heart believes, then I will ask you to check yourself because you are about to wreck yourself. And so if we could, just for a few minutes, I would like to just remind us of what happened at that day when Jesus died on the cross of Calvary. It was that event which took place some over 2,000 years ago that altered the future for every person who placed their faith in the man called Jesus. If you would just allow me that moment, come with me, if you will, and revisit that most amazing story of all time. I would like to take you back to a little hill outside the gates of the city of Jerusalem where we will encounter an event that purchased and provided salvation for every person who receives that event in their very own life. Let's please, let's please, let's take a look at what Jesus had done. Uh, the wisdom of God is the cross of Christ. So number one, I want us to understand and realize that Jesus is still in the saving business. That Jesus still has power to save. So when we look at this, this message, the preaching of the cross, a strange message to the world, a, a message that makes no sense to the world, a message that seems foreign. How is it that a man dying on the cross has power to save individuals from their sins? It's foolishness. Even me standing here preaching this message, the foolishness of the preached word, but yet hearts are convicted, minds are regulated, lives are changed as a result of the preached word of God. I don't know how, how it happens. I don't know what makes it happen. What I do know is that God is able to change lives if we would but just let him. But here it is. I said it before because the reality is sin feels good. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, 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 oh, sin feels good. Can I go a little further? Because somebody needs to understand and know that, 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 that sin can even smell good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know this is, this is just a little bit off the, off the, off the charts here, but I, I, I need you to understand that it doesn't just feel good or smell good, but, but, but sometimes it even tastes good. Yeah, you know, you know, I'm not trying to go down the road of appetite, but you know, we eat what we eat, amen? We say what we say, we do what we do, and we give excuse 
forward. But this strange message, this here, this here message uh, 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 that, 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 that Jesus has laid before us is a strange message. You see, that there should be life out of death. How in the world can you take a death of a man, the brutal beating of a man, and say that there is life? There's, this is what real life looked like. Look to the one that just died. Look, look to the one that was just brutally beaten, and that's when you will see true life. How is it that you can look at a brutal beating and say there is hope? That's where my help comes from. It's strange. It makes no sense. How can this be that the Messiah would throw off his 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 glory and, and, and come down to this dusty earth and, and walk amongst folk that don't want to be around him. But yet he did it because of his love for us. And see, this is, this is, this is where I was able to get my breakthrough because I'm going to be honest with you, like most of you, it's not making sense to me uh, uh, that, that a king of king and a lord of lord will literally lay his life down for me. Someone that, 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 that rather be doing something else other than being with him. And many of us can relate to that because you probably know some individuals or maybe you are that individual. I like to say both of those because the reality is some of us have been those individuals, but we don't want to say that right now. Amen. Some of us have been those individuals. And, and, and you probably know of some individuals that, that you know when they walk in the room, you just shake your head and you begin to grab purses, books, coats, jackets, and you try to find the nearest exit to get out of there. Yeah, some of us know individuals like that, and I said it a few minutes ago, Doc, and I'm just going to bag it up because I want you to really understand that some of us been that person. You walk in the room, and then the room get empty. Jesus came to a place where folk did not want to have anything to do with him. But yet he did it, and this is where I got my breakthrough. This is what helped me because I couldn't understand why he would do it. But then it hit me, Doc. He did it because of his love for me. It's not about my love for him. It's not about what I was going to do for him. It's not about if I was going to accept him or not. Jesus do what he do because of his love for you. So whether you like it or not, whether you believe it or not, whether you accept him or not, whether you understand him or not, it doesn't matter because he is who he is because of who he is. And Jesus do what he do simply out of love. So whether you believe it or not, whether you like it or not, whether you accept it or not, it doesn't change the fact that Jesus laid his life down for the sins of the world. And so this is a shocking message. It's a strange message, but it's also a shocking message. This brutal, awful death was experienced there on the cross, that the death Christ died on the cross was one of absolute torture. Brutal torture. There was no love mixed in that. No, 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 no. Pure hate. Evil, if you will. Pure evil. No consideration that there were even children in the crowd. They did it with malice. 
Bible tells us to train up a child in the way that they should go so when they get older, they will not depart from it. But we're teaching our children to do everything against what God has demanded us to do. Children in the crowd. Let's not fool ourselves and think that this was a crowd full of adults. No, 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 no. When you understand what happened during that day, they packed lunches. This was an event. This was an attraction. This was something that they prepared for the long haul. So they had lunch baskets and they had blankets and they went out to see this crucifixion. And we're teaching our children how to worship or how not to worship. See, we have to understand and realize that there is more to this thing called the cross of Christ than we really realize. Because what Christ did, it wasn't just something that he did just because he loved us. He did it because he loved us. He couldn't do anything else but that. There was no, you know, you know, if I can tell you the story here, uh, uh, my, my um, family and I just went on a vacation and many um, individuals are aware that Southwest Airlines, um, you know, cancel a lot of the flights. Well, um, we made our way to um, uh, um, uh, um, New, um, Florida, Fort Lauderdale, um, where my daughter, my oldest daughter, her and her husband, um, their flight wasn't just delayed, um, but it was canceled. Amen. So this was on a Monday, and so um, we get news that the, that the flight was canceled. And the earliest that they were able to get to them was either Saturday or Sunday. And here it is, family of God. They only gave them two days of hotel voucher. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we're trying to figure this thing out, my wife and I and my daughters, and, and we all praying. We're praying, Lord, Father, please open up the airlines. I mean, we're praying about like many of you who know of individuals that were affected by this. And so here it is right here. So uh, 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 my, my uh, wife and I, we're, you know, our flight is, um, you know, is on time, and we didn't want to leave. But, of course, we couldn't stay. So we're catching our flight. We, we caught our flight. Um, and then, uh, you know, my, 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 my daughter sends a text. She says, Daddy, Mommy, would you guys be willing to come back and get us? Okay, so that, that, that right there wasn't a no-brainer. See, some of y'all looking at me like, really? I mean, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fort Lauderdale to New Orleans to pick up our van, drive from New Orleans to Jackson, Mississippi to drop our, 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 our other daughters off because one of them had to go to work the next day. My wife and I jumped immediately in our van, drove back down to Florida to pick up our daughters. No brainer. It wasn't rocket science. Didn't have to worry about it, didn't have to think about it, didn't have to, you know, some stuff you don't have to pray about. Some stuff just makes sense. Here we go. When Jesus saw you in your stuff, it just makes sense for him to leave glory and come down here and lay his life down that you may have life. It just made sense. It wasn't hard for him to come to the conclusion that you need saving. It wasn't rocket science for Jesus to make it up in his mind to lay down everything. And if I have to lose everything, I'd rather lose it, laying it, betting on you, than sitting back and watching you destroy. If I lose everything, I'd rather lose it 
knowing that I tried to save my children. That's how much he loves us. So yes, the cross, is, it doesn't make sense to those that understand the dynamics and the depth of love that Jesus has for your salvation. Because let's be real and let's be honest in here. We don't know the end of the story. We read about Revelation. We have an idea what it looks like. We even preach sermons of what it may look like. But we don't really understand the dynamics of what's going to happen when, the, when, when, when New Jerusalem comes down. We don't understand the dynamics of what it's like to be totally separated from a loving God. We don't realize the dynamics of, of what it looks like and what it feels like uh, to be separated from God. Uh, I know it feels good right now. I know the sin is, is, um, is um, great right now and it feels good right now, but the reality is you're being lied to. You're being duped right now. Uh, you're being hoodwinked. Uh, you're being bamboozled. I just want to help somebody to understand and know uh, that what God did for you, he did it out of love. I'm doing it out of love. And I need you to understand that I cannot leave you like that. So if the preacher calls you, if the elders text you, if the Holy Spirit pricks you, I need you to understand that I can't give up. I won't give up. And I shall not give up because I understand the dynamics of this thing. I realize that you don't understand the depth of my love for you. You're not looking at the big picture. You're looking at self-gratification right now. You're looking at what feels good right now. And the reality is that what feels good right now is not going to feel good always. He said that there will be a day of reckoning. So it's foolish right now to see this God that would give everything up. It's foolish to see this God, this strange message of the cross, this shocking message of the cross, because Christ was scourged for us. He was beaten for us. He was spat upon for us. The Bible tells us in Isaiah that they even pulled clumps of hair out of his beard. They mocked him and they stripped him. They brutally tortured my Savior. Because he loves you that much. He did it for you. The truth doesn't even begin to scratch the surface of Jesus suffered, that, that, that he suffered for you and for me. But he was, he, he, he was a bitter cup, but one that had drank it willingly so that we might be saved. Preached a sermon one time, what's in the cup? What, 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 what's in this cup, Father, if it's thy will? Let this cup pass for me, but not my will. But let your will be done. What's in the cup that Jesus didn't want to deal with? What's in this cup that Jesus said, I don't want to drink this cup. I don't want to deal with this cup. This, this, this cup right here is not something that I phantom. I, I don't want to deal with it, but, but, but not my will, Father. Let your will be done. Because, see, that cup contained your sins and my sins. That, tamed, that, that cup contained the death of every last one of us, the hatred of every last one of us. That cup contained the bitterness of every last one of our spite, our venom, our hatefulness, and all of the stuff that's in our hearts that you don't even realize that it's stored up in there because out of the heart speaks. That's why you need to be careful what you say and how you say it. Many times we say things and then we try to bag it up with them I'm sorry and my following up with that is, is that yes you are sorry and you're pitiful too 
because there are some things you just can't take back. And God said, I know what you need, and I know that this is a bitter role, but if I got to do it for your salvation, I'll do it ten times over. And not only that, but the Bible tells me, um, he said, I'll do it for even one. Um, if it had just been one individual, he said, I'll still do it. Um, it doesn't matter about the number. That's why we don't need to get caught up in how many is and how many ain't. Uh, we need to realize that God said, whosoever will, let them come. That's why we go the way we go up because we are understanding the fact that God is in control and everybody is in a place. Everybody's on a different level and where I am today, I wasn't always here and I have to allow individuals time to get to where God is trying to get them to. It's not my place to try to help them along the way but it's my place to be an example, to be one that will let my light shine that the whole world may see uh, it's my mission uh, to be the kind of child of God uh, to let my light shine so bright uh, that I make folk break out sunglasses uh, say the brother's just too bright uh, the brother anointing is just too bright uh, he's blinding me uh, I can't see uh, it's too much light in the room uh, that's the kind of glory uh, I want God to bestow on me uh, like Moses uh, oh I feel my helper like Moses uh, when he came down the mountain uh, he had such an array on him his face was glowing in such a way uh, that the people said cover your face Moses uh, you're too bright uh, you're glowing uh, I can't see uh, you're glowing Moses uh, could you just cover your face uh, I'm trying to blind folk uh, with my anointing uh, I'm trying to shut it down uh, with my anointing uh, because I understand uh, that greater is he uh, that is in me uh, than he that is in the world uh, come hell or high water uh, it doesn't matter uh, because my God uh, is able uh, is he able uh, I said is he able uh, is he able uh, is he able uh, he's able to give you what you need uh, he's able to hold you uh, in the midnight hour he's able to keep you when you don't want to be kept he's able to rock you like a mother rocks a baby he's able to do what nobody else can I wish I had about three or four folk in here that understands that understand uh, that God is uh, a very present help uh, in the time of storm. Uh, and if you would just but trust him, uh, even if you can't trace him, uh, if you can just believe in him, uh, when believing is unbearable, uh, and if you would just but hold on, uh, even if you gotta holler uh, that God is, uh, that God is, uh, that God is, uh, God is, is. Uh, he's a way maker uh, if you would but just let him uh, he's a keeper uh, if you would but just trust him uh, he'll do it uh, I said won't he do it uh, won't he do it uh, won't he do it uh, won't he will he uh, will he won't he uh, won't he do it uh, he'll do it uh, if you would just but let him Oh, yes. 
said, I know the cross makes no sense. I know it's foolishness right now. I know you can't wrap your minds around it right now. But I know what I'm doing. I'm trying to get out of here. I'm almost done. I remember I told you at the beginning we'll be through when the Spirit says we're through. I just want to just lay this foundation up as we step into this new year. As we lay this foundation, as we walk into 2023, that we don't take stuff with us, that we don't need with us, that we leave 22 behind us. Ain't nothing you could do about it anyway. It's a wrap. It's a done deal. It's over and done. It's already been dealt with. We're going into a new dimension. We're going to a new place. Uh, we going to a new level. Uh, I understand uh, that my God is able to do it uh, if we would but just give him what he needs. So this is a very important message. This is a very simple message. It's a very simple message. But not only that, but it's about uh, uh, this, this, this statement of the cross, the purpose of the cross. It was making a statement. You see, the cross was making a statement. You see, since way back in the Old Testament, the Lord has been telling me and telling us and telling us uh, his love for us. He's always laid that down all the way back from the beginning. When God first breathed life into man, that was a statement of love. Because he gave us everything we needed when he breathed that one breath of air in us. Not only that, but God showed us just how much he loved us even when Adam and Eve sinned and they were barred from the garden. God said, I love you too much to leave you in here. See, God has always shown us love every step of the way, even in the most unbearable circumstances. God said, if you could just stop looking at the situation and stop looking at the problems and stop looking at the drama, stop looking at the issues and stop looking from your own lens and start looking at it from the lens of Christ, start looking at it from the lens of love. Could it be that God allowed that sickness to show up because he loves you? Could it be that God allowed that drama to show up because he loves you. Could it be that cantankerous adversary that keeps showing up on your job? Could it be that God is trying to let you in on something? I love you. I'm trying to show you through hard times. I love you. I'm trying to show you through difficult times. I love you. I'm trying to show you through these moments where it seemed like everybody ran out on you. Why did they run out? So you could be standing there all by yourself with nobody around you and hopefully you can see me because you have no distractions you have no one on the left and you have no one on the right why did I allow your finances to shut down because I need you to see me I need you to trust me you keep trusting in the almighty dollar and I just need two or three folk that don't mind trusting up in the one that have a cattle on a thousand hills uh, I just need a couple of folk uh, that don't mind trusting me uh, with their finances uh, trusting me uh, with their health and uh, trusting me uh, with their children and trusting me with their marriages and trusting me uh, with their jobs and trusting
trusted me with their stuff and trusted me even when you don't understand it. You just say, I don't know what it's like. I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't know how it's going to end up. But what I do know uh, is that I serve a God uh, and I can trust him. Uh, and he's going to take care of me. Uh, he's going to take good care of me. I trust him this morning. I trust him this morning. Oh, I trust him this morning. I trust him with my bills and I trust him with my mortgage and I trust him with my rent and I trust him with my car and I trust him with my life and I trust him with my eyesight and I trust him with my limbs and I trust him with my voice and I trust him with my ears and I, I just trust him. Trust him. Why are you trying to figure it out? He's already worked it out. Just trust him. Can you say trust him? Just trust him. I'm about to shut it down. Lord, I feel you right there. I feel you right there. God is going to provide for us. God is going to make sure that this statement on the cross he was making a profound statement. Christ's death on the cross, God was able to declare boldly for us all to see his boundless, matchless love for the loss of this world. I'm going to show the world by way of the cross how much I love them. On the cross, bleeding, gasping, for air, a message of how much he loves us. I'm going to show you how much I love you, he said. Not only that, but it's also, he was also providing for us salvation on the cross. He was letting us know this is the way that we must go. This is the way of salvation. You see, the Bible tells us that there is no other way to cleanse sin but through a sacrifice of an innocent blood of one that is not guilty. The only way to deal with this sin factor was something had to die. That's why in the Garden of Eden when God told Adam, Adam, where are you? Adam hid himself. The Bible says that God asked Adam, why did you hide? Adam, why did you? He said, I was naked. Well, how did you know you was naked? How did you know, Adam? So the Bible says that God provided clothes for them. And those clothes weren't fig leaves. It was the first killing of an animal. Where God had to kill an animal to cover their nakedness. Jesus Christ was that lamb that was slain from the foundation to cover our nakedness. So in the cross, Christ was saying, not only am I making a bold statement, I'm also letting you know that I'm providing for you a means of salvation. Because even when we set up the sanctuary and you would bring your, your sin offerings to the sanctuary, many of you came with this sin offering. Some of y'all took it from the neighbor. Read the story. 
Many of y'all came and you went back out and did the very same thing. And all it was was just a bloody mess. Because when you read the story of Samuel, <laughs> amen, even Eli's sons were charging folk. Well, you don't have a lamb, you don't have a goat, but we got some over here. Father, get your 10, 10, and get your 20. And they took everything that God has set up for the saving of their soul, and they tainted it. And then there were portions of the animal that they were supposed to burn and kill. And then there was a portion of the animal that they were permitted to eat. And they were doing everything but. And so God is saying, listen, I'm going to have to come on down here. I'm going to have to help them out because they're just taking the sanctuary and they're messing it up. And now Jesus said, I'm going to show them not only the way of salvation, but I'm also going to show them by the way of the cross, the defeating of Satan. You see, because ever since the Lucifer sinned and became the devil, he has been in the business of trying to hinder the work of God. That's why I said before, and I'm going to say it again, and I've heard many messages out there, but I need you to understand and know that the devil can care less about you. You see, we're so caught up and doing our own thing, we just let the devil use us any kind of way he want to use us. But you need to understand what the devil is doing. He's basically telling God that you are not capable of saving that individual, that this individual don't care about you. See, it's not about you, but it's about God. I said it before, that's why when you stand before God, and we say it all the time, we preach it, we teach it, we say when we stand before God, the only thing that we're taking with us when we go to heaven is what, everybody? Our character. Whose character? Your character or Christ's character? So it's not about you. It's not about your character. It's not about your teeth. Well, I don't like but Let me tell you something, baby. You may not like it, but if you want to be a part of this kingdom business, you better get over it. <laughs> you better get over it because it's not about, I don't like the way they, okay, you're going to miss out on something. Because it's not about you. It's not about what you like. God didn't call you to the table and ask you, okay, let me, um, let me see what you like and what you don't like. No, 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 let me tell you something. It's about God's character. That's what's at stake. So whenever you go against God's commandment, whenever you go out here and do your own thing, you're basically telling the devil, you know what, devil? You're right. God ain't fair. How do I know? Because every time I try to go there, this, 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 this. Let me help you along the way, family of God. You got to get out of your own way. God has given you everything you need to be successful in this thing called Christianity. Let me tell you something. I wasn't born in this. And yeah, I bucked and I fought and I ran too, but I kept running into Jesus. And at some point, you got to wake up. Because when you continue to do the same thing over and over and, and over and over again, there's a word for that. It's called insane. You insane. You're just doing this. Every time you go out there, you're running to the same stuff. And God is simply saying, I want to deliver you from that stuff. 
I want to put you in a place where you can walk with your head held high. I want to give you something where you will now have backbone and you will be able to walk with authority. That's why I go anywhere I want to go. And I don't worry about it. Because I know where my help comes from. God knows. He understands. So God is basically letting, us, letting Satan know you're defeated. You are defeated. You are defeated, foe. Ever since Lucifer, <laughs> ever since he sinned, he's been out to get God. He's been out to destroy God's character, to tell God you're not fair, telling God you're not just, telling God your ways are not right. And here it is again, family, one more, one more again. Uh, uh, every time you go against the commands of God, you're basically siding with the devil. You're saying, God, you're not fair. God, you're not right. God, you're not just. It's the reality. Ain't no middle ground. There is no gray area. Either you are going to heaven or you're going to go to hell. I'm not trying to scare anybody into anything, but I am trying to give you awareness and trying to lay something on your hearts and on your minds that will help you make a conscious decision to get your house in order. Lastly, the power of the cross. Sin died on the cross. Hell was defeated at the cross. And heaven is delivered. The blood is the key that unlocks the gates of glory. When the blood is applied, the child of God becomes instantly distant from, for, uh, uh, for an eternity or destined for an eternity in heaven to be with our Lord. Cover me with the blood. Cover me with the blood. Cover me, oh God. You see, it was that event which took place at Calvary over 2,000 years ago that altered the future of every person who placed their faith in the one who died on that day. Because Thursday evening, the Lord presented the Lord's Supper or the great com uh, com commandment. And after sundown marks the beginning of the first day. So it was sundown on that Thursday, which marks the beginning. Remember, Genesis evening, morning was the first day. Evening, Thursday, Friday, first day. Friday morning, the first day uh, uh, continues, Jesus is executed, removed from the cross and buried. Friday at sundown. You remember? They said, we got to get his body down. The Sabbath is drawing near. We can't leave him up there. He had already been on the cross. It's time to get him down. Saturday sunrise and sunset, Jesus is laid in the tomb, resting. Here we go, uh, uh, Saturday at sundown, the third day begins. Evening of Sunday, or the eve of Sunday. So Sunday morning, that's why the Bible says early. <laughs> early on the first day of the week. Early Sunday morning, the Bible says the third day continues, and Jesus is then raised from the dead. Don't make it more than what it is. The Bible was very clear that Jesus laid his life down, that you and I may have life and have it more abundantly. So 
as the blood be, was being applied to your life. Question, is your name written in the book of heaven? Is your faith in Jesus? And is it in him alone? And if you need to come to Jesus for salvation this morning or this afternoon, the doors of the church is open. Many of us have walked away. Many of us have strayed away. And I get it. I get it. I was there. You know, I hate to keep using myself as an example, but the reality is I was there. And I was out there, and there were some things I got off into. I didn't want nobody to know about it. And every time I would go down to the front of the church as if I was telling on myself. But I'd rather tell on myself now than have to be told about myself in front of the master. This is the day that the Lord has made. And he made it because he wanted you to have that opportunity to come to him. Because Jesus went to Calvary to save a wretch like you and me. That's love. Is there one? Is there one? I just ask that you would meet me down here at the altar. Is there one? Is there one? That's not how the story ends. But when three days he rose again, that's love. That's love. Make no mistake about it. That's love. Oh, yes. Is there one? Loving Lord, our Father and our God, again, we're so thankful. We're so privileged. We're so honored to be able to come before you. We thank you for keeping us and holding us and molding us, making us. Thank you for what you've done on the cross. You hung your head. For me, you died. We thank you, God for rising, for getting up out that grave to display your love. The cross, people don't understand it. How a loving God can just lay his life down and save. We're going to question you, God, if that's what you want to do. I trust you. I believe you. We pray you're filling up on us this day. We thank you again in Jesus' name. Can we put our hands together and worship God in this space?
love. And so as we come to this close, we just want to keep in mind that he loves us and he's trying to save us. Father God, Lord, we thank you that you did hang on the cross and rendered unto us the opportunity to life. That's love. We can never thank you enough, Lord, Lord, but we appreciate the opportunity set before us. Let us make the right choice and receive Meditations of our hearts be acceptable, Lord, to thee. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You are dismissed at this time. We're asking that you give your favorite prayer choice into the offering.